I want to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, <clears throat> a gift of the Holy Spirit is called in the Catholic Church a charism. That is a gift of the Spirit, and we will find out there are many gifts, different gifts, a variety of gifts. God kind of gifts to meet every need in the church. Um, <clears throat> I want you to, first of all, try to visualize the source of grace. Our Father loves us so much. Can you say, Father loves me? Father loves me. And he loves my brothers and sisters sitting next to me this morning. Amen. And he wants to give grace to you more than you want to receive it. Let's make that clear. We have not exhausted the source of grace. God has more to give. He has more to give you. Now some people thought this is an old false uh, thinking that used to be in Pentecostal churches. They thought when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you've made it. You're there. You don't need anything else. And some people just got stuck saying, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're still talking baby talk when they speak in tongues. Hello. Uh, you use a tongue. You know, you grow in it. If God's, God will give you a prayer language. And it's called praying in the Spirit. And it involves speaking in tongues. And that tongue will grow just like a baby starts out with a few words. And as time goes by, it develops a beautiful vocabulary. Amen. So, there is more for you. Just in that one in gifting of the Holy Spirit, which has to do with your tongue. Now, why the tongue? Well, the scripture says the tongue is an unruly thing. Hard to control. So, we ask God to not only control, work in our mind, our thinking, as the mind of Christ, as opposed to the mind of the world. I mean, we solve problems by, because of what God is speaking to us, not because of our worldly methods. And we want God to work in our th speech center, now, I've, I've tried to learn languages. I get around with a couple of them. But your brain is an amazing thing. It's amazing how many languages you could learn. And we don't learn Holy Spirit language. That's when the Spirit, the Bible says the Spirit gives utterance. That's the Holy Spirit is... Working, you give your tongue to him and you supply the voice 
the voice box, the speech mechanism, and God gives the words. That's praying in the Spirit. So this pool of God's grace, you know, I'm, I got this picture in my mind I saw on the news TV, picture of reservoirs around Manila, and the water level is so low. And this city, you're thinking, you know, is there going to be enough water? I told Brother Henry, water, potable water is a good business to invest in, to be in, because there's going to be a growing need for that. As population grows, good clean water is going to be in demand. This wise guy, uh, Warren Buffett, uh, he's a trillionaire. He's been buying water. Uh, he buys glaciers and mountains and real estate with lakes and rivers. And his thinking is, this water is going to be in great demand as world population grows and as pollution grows. Now, I'm not saying this to make you nervous. I thank God. Uh, I, I'll go to Psalm 23. Anytime I get thirsty, I'm going to go to Psalm 23. He leads me beside still waters. That still waters is good water. I've been up in the Himalayas and where the glaciers are up high and they're melting and the water coming down the side of the mountain glacier melt. That is delicious water. It's pure. It's cold. I tried to take a bath in it one day. That's a bad thing to do. I was so cold my legs got numb. The hairs on my legs were freezing and breaking off. Just like you, well, have you heard an icicle fall off, tinkle? Uh, don't take a bath in the glacier melt. But the water is really delicious. Amen. And God has, I know Psalm 23, he leads me beside still waters. We have always put the spiritual connotation on it. And I can see sheep wanting a good drink of water. I raised sheep. I always made sure they had nice, fresh water to drink every day. And they'd say, thank you. Now, come on, use your imagination. Okay. They appreciated good water. But uh, God's reservoir is not showing the bottom. It's full. His supply of grace is unending. Amen. And we can never exhaust his supply. So it's okay and it's right to ask him for more of the Holy Spirit. The scripture verse that we've got up here on the tarp 
was taken from the words of Jesus. He said, what earthly father, if a son asked him for an egg, would he give him a scorpion? If a son asked for bread, would he give him a stone? Some versions say, if a son asked for a fish, would he give him snake? Well, <clears throat> uh, if you're Cantonese, you know about snake. How many Cantonese speakers we got here? Let me see. Cantonese. Come on. Show me your hand. Yeah. yeah. You ever had that soup has uh, cock, uh, rooster? It has cat meat and snake meat. There's a special soup. I had it in Hong Kong when I first arrived there years ago. I didn't know what I was eating. I don't think we eat snake here, do we? Anybody in the Philippines eat snake? Yes? That's a, that's a rare dish. <laughs> okay, Jesus said, Fathers, you know how to give, give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And that's what I'm hoping, I'm trying to get you to join me in asking for more of the Holy Spirit in United Bethel. Amen. In the Bible, there are three lists of Holy Spirit gifts. One or two of those lists has a duplicate, but... I count from those three lists 21 gifts of the Holy Spirit. Can you say that, 21? Actually, that's not all of them even. There are more gifts than what's listed in the Bible. But, uh, guys, put that list up for me, will you please? Can you see it on your, I'll tell you what slide it is. Okay, we'll start with slide 11. And that's the list that's in Ephesians 4, 11. Ephesians 4, uh, slide number 11. Let's put those five gifts on there. Just, just click it and it'll, it'll fill them all up. Yeah, five gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, these are sort of like people gifts. I mean... Uh, some people are called of God to these particular servings. The way to serve the Lord as an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, pastor, teacher. Sister Linda is called to be a teacher of the Bible. I I've known that for many years and always tried in our ministry. I, she's a wonderful teacher. 
She's one of those functions there. I, I, if I had to choose, I'd like to be pastor. And I believe God's called me to be a pastor. Amen. Now, are any of those other gifts here in the church? They might be. One of the things is we haven't developed in these gifts like we should. And in my thinking, we should be praying that all of those gifts will be in the church. Why would we need an apostle? Well, I can tell you some people thought uh, when the 12 apostles died, and then they had to include Paul, that's 13. When they died, don't need them anymore because they started the church. Well, uh, the truth of the matter is apostles did not die out. Studying church history, you can see evidence of apostles in almost every century since time of Jesus up to now. And in fact, God seems to be bringing forth more apostles in our time because we are in the days in which uh, we're very close to the return of Jesus. And I want you to expect to be able to see all the five of those gifts in operation in the church. Might be some of our young men in the church are called of God to be an apostle. They plant churches. They are assigned to build the biblical foundation in the church. I think there will be prophets. Now, there are prophets today. Some of them are called to be prophets, and they think that their word is divine. Well, Scripture teaches us to test these gifts. Okay? We test what everyone says according to the word of God. That keeps us out of trouble. Keeps us from error. Okay, but there's five gifts. Now let's do the next one, which is found in Romans, the 12th chapter. That's slide number 16. And let's go ahead and click them and bring them all down there. There's seven of them. Seven gifts. Now you notice prophecy is on this list. And there was a prophet uh, a gift before. And prophecy, this kind of prophecy is not necessarily something that a prophet would speak. Prophecy, according to Paul, is the most desired gift when the church meets together. Prophecy in this case is when Father God gives a word to the church, and those words are for building up. They're encourage, establish, uh, uh, strengthen the church. And uh, we are told to test what people say, they say, I have a word from God, and we welcome it. Sometimes people can, there are people who have, who have grown in this gift where they can speak pure, relevant, up-to-date word of God. It will never contradict scripture, and it will always be encouraging and upbuilding, uplifting. 
That prophecy is not for scolding. It's not for browbeating. Or it comes from God, and God will always say words that will build you up. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for building us up. We need to be built up. You come from your job where things have been tough all week. You need to be built up in your faith here. Okay. So here are seven of those gifts. I can see some of them here in the gift, in the church. Can you? Can, uh, what do you see of this list that's in operation here in United Bethel? Come on, speak out to me, someone. What do you see? I can't hear. Serving. That's right. That's a very uh, much needed gift in the church. Serving. We serve the Lord through those, the power of the Holy Spirit. Another one. What do you see another? Okay, guys, this is your chance. Giving. Ah, yes. I heard about a guy who says, Lord, don't give me that gift. (laughs) Some of us... And a person with that gift loves to give. Mercy. Mm. What a wonderful gift mercy is. I think all of these seven gifts are already active in United Bethel. Amen. Let's get the last lift up, list up, and that's slide number 19. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. And there's nine gifts there. You know, I see that gift of wisdom in our board of deacons. We were dealing with something, and one of the deacons just spoke up, and I pointed out at that time, that's a word of wisdom given in because we were dealing with some weighty matters. That gift is at work here in the church. Amen. I need it. I need somebody with wisdom to keep me from making mistakes. I love our deacons. They're not the only ones that can have the gift of wisdom, but I love them. I appreciate them. Now, this word of knowledge is when the Holy Spirit uh, speaks a word that has to do with what God is wanting to do. It's kind of like when uh, this guy that was blind, begging, and he's crying out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. 
What's his name? Oh, please speak up. Bartimaeus. Yeah. He was sitting there making noise. Jesus, have mercy on me. I remember the story, okay? My chip that stores names and faces is smoking. Maybe burnt out. Need a replacement. But Bartimaeus was calling, asking Jesus to have mercy on him. And so Jesus sent one of his disciples over and said, bring him. And so when the disciple went over, he said, the master is calling for you. And that is about the best illustration I could give for a word of knowledge. Master Jesus is calling someone and you're the messenger. A lot of times word of knowledge and healing work in tandem, hand in hand. Some of these other gifts work hand in hand too. For example, faith and miracles. Almost always when there's outstanding miracles, you'll see the gift of faith in operation as well. Tongues and interpretation work in tandem. You need both of them. If somebody speaks out in the church and there's no interpretation, then we, we know they have... They, they, if there's not an interpretation, they should not uh, draw the attention of the whole church. They can speak in tongues to themselves quietly. But prophecy, that is speaking forth the word of God, is essentially the same or comparable to tongues and interpretation. But there's nine of those gifts. You notice that prophecy is repeated Paul said that's the best gift. Well, here's what the scripture says. Desire the best gifts. All right, that means we, as a church, as a charismatic church, we believe in the charismas, charisms or charisma, we desire those gifts. That's what I hope I can generate in you uh, a desire for these gifts. I hope the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you and you will join us in desiring we're asking, we're desiring the, the gifts. Why did Paul say prophecy? Well he said it's better if we speak a word of God that everybody can understand. Well and we have uh, Tagalog and Chinese and English, basically, in this church. That's our DNA. And we have meetings for all of those languages. And so someone, for example, who was in the Chinese service, who would be giving a prophecy, would be expected to do it in either Hokkien or Mandarin. Prophecy is speaking so that the congregation could understand what God is saying. And prophecy is always ap applicable to that time and place and to the people that are there. 
It's not, uh, some people would like to have a prophet prophesy over them. And uh, uh, I had one uh, guy prophesy over me many years ago. One of the things he said is that a Nigerian, someone from Nigeria is going to come and work beside you. Well, it didn't happen. It hasn't happened. He's going to have to hurry up and get here if he's... If, but sometimes prophets give 100% word of God or people will prophesy and it's 100% word from heaven. Sometimes it may only be 80%, 70%, and sometimes uh, human element is in there. So you test those gifts. You test what's being said. Now, I haven't rejected the Nigerian, but uh, and I'm in touch with the man who prophesied over me. But I would suggest that you not look for a, a charismatic guru. I'm a bit prejudiced. I believe that within the body of Christ, you don't have to go after some big name person in some place. Right here in the body of Christ, in the church, can be the word of prophecy come where God is speaking to us. Amen. Sometimes the preacher has a gift of prophecy. I know there's a few times when I have said something, I said, what in the world am I saying? Why am I saying that? And it was from God. Somebody here, I'm looking to see if I can see her. Don't. I'm going to tell you something that happened over in the other building. We went through the last morning of our missions convention. We were raising faith promises. I had a guest speaker, and he preached. And everything was finished, and it was my time to get up and close the service. And when I stood up, I couldn't pray the closing prayer. I had a word. Now, you can say it's a word of prophecy, but you test it. The word was that Jesus, you read about it in Luke, said, let him who come after me leave his father, his mother, houses, home, land, and take up his cross and follow me. That was my closing statement of the missions convention that year. I didn't know that there was a young lady in the church. She was young at that time, of course. And she had awakened early that morning and was praying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And she thought the Lord was speaking to her, sell her business and go as a missionary to China. 
And she said, Lord, I will do that, but I want confirmation. I didn't know what she was praying. She was looking for the Lord to confirm that he was calling her sell out and go to China. And when I said those, I just quoted the scripture in Luke, basically. She started weeping. We dismissed the service. She's still sitting there weeping because God had spoken to her and confirmed it through a short prophetic utterance. Amen. Well, those things need to be tested. But I'm just telling you, those gifts are working here. Now, <clears throat> this list of nine gifts, that's probably where I'm going to start the teaching that I'm going to do on the gifts of the Spirit, how to identify them, how to function in them, how to test them. I asked a question Friday night, and it was very interesting. I said, who here in the harp and bowl has cast out a demon? Because you see, there's a gift of the Holy Spirit called discerning of spirits. I can tell you right now, everybody, because we're pushing into the deeper things of the Spirit, you be aware of attacks of the enemy. He'd like to break this church up. He'd like to scatter us, divide us, destroy this thirst we have for Holy Spirit. So be aware. Don't open the door. Let him in. Uh, casting out demons. That's knowing the authority of Jesus' name. You know, I, I, I want to tell you something. I can see something in the spirit world, and I see demons trembling because you, we as a church, are pressing in for all of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit gifts. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you one testimony. In a meeting, a woman was uh, full of demons. And when the meeting was going, the Holy Spirit began to move. Those demons began to uh, manifest themselves in her. And the leader of the meeting was casting those demons out of her. And she laid on the floor, they put a blanket on her, she's laying there, and she had the most horrified look on her face of fear. Uh, Hollywood couldn't make that one. She had fear. And the leader had wisdom from God. He said, that's not this woman. That's those demons, and they're seeing Jesus. They're afraid of Jesus. 
I, I can tell you, don't be afraid. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me set your mind at ease. We have authority in the name of Jesus. And we'll manifest the presence of Jesus. People will be able to see and know that Jesus is here. He's in us. His spirit is working in us. Amen. I would like to be able to start some kind of a core group that would work in deliverance ministry here in the church. I, I know this is difficult to conceive because we don't really have the mechanisms in place for this yet. But I want some people to grow in their authority in the name of Jesus who is not afraid to cast out demons. People are going to get uncomfortable with this one. So I want to set your mind at ease. It won't happen, I don't think, here. Not in a big demonstrative way. A lot of times deliverance ministry has to be taken into a quiet place. Hong Kong International Christian Assembly. I was up in the balcony. There was a woman from Sri Lanka. And when the pastor was talking about the workings of the Holy Spirit, the demons in this woman began to speak out curses, trying to curse the pastor. A brother there from South Africa, he and I went, and we invited the woman to go outside, and she didn't want to move, so we, uh, sorry, uh, the two of us, one on each side, got under her arm, picked her up, and took her out into a kind of a, a fire escape lobby where the stairs and the double doors and etc. quiet place. And uh, because she was disturbing the service, and what was to follow would have disturbed the service and anybody watching. But we cast a number of demons out of that woman. And the demons said, I won't leave because she loves me. And we declared just one word, lie. If the demons are speaking, they're lying. And finally that woman got totally set free. For months after that, when we'd go over to the service, she'd come up to me and my friend also that had helped to say, thank you for praying for me. I'm free. And she had a smile on her face, which she didn't have before, because she had been set free from the demonic. And so my message to you this morning is, desire the best gifts. All, all 21 of them are best. But the one that's most needed for a current situation is the very best. Paul said that in his time and in that message in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 14, he talked about covet, desire the best gifts. And at that time, speaking a word from heaven prophetically was the best gift.
Okay. Now, <clears throat> uh, let me just, a little bit of humor, I think, and the, this is it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 ends with the verse that says, Desire the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 starts out with, Desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's what we call a sandwich. You know what a sandwich is, right? You got two slices of bread. Not that white stuff that tastes like styrofoam, but good whole wheat bread. And then you put something in that. Now me, my favorite time is right after our Thanksgiving when Sister Linda's cooked a great big turkey and we have leftovers. And I like to slice some turkey, put it on some whole wheat bread, and I put butter and mayonnaise and put it together. That's a sandwich. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 and 1, I mean, 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 13 is like the bread, and in the middle, the goodies in that sandwich is the chapter on love, chapter 13, 1 Corinthians. That's a sandwich. Now, when you see those three chapters, you think, God has put something there that's so good for us. Amen. In a sandwich. Let's pray. Now, Father, I ask you, we ask you, more of the Holy Spirit. More of your gifts in this church. More grace. We need your touch, Lord. When you give the Holy Spirit, we know that you have specifically reached out to touch us. Thank you, Lord, for these songs that we sang this morning. Holy Spirit, I need you now. Yes, Lord, we need you now. I pray you release all of those gifts, your abundant grace in this church. Amen.